The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. everyone welcome along this is episode 199 of the boys of tech for thursday the 31st of january 2013 i'm edwin herman in the studio joining me over skype brett king welcome to the show hello brett you know it is 199 it is which means that next episode in about 10 days time is going to be number 200 Mm-hmm. That's a bit of a milestone. Do you remember our hundredth episode? We had uh, we had a few people who who had been on the show in the hundred episodes prior. That was good. It's a bit of a celebration. Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a, ce- a celebration. And, and you know what? It's been a while since we released an episode. We we did mention, in case you didn't listen to last uh, episode for our, our listeners out there, we did mention that the next couple will be sort of uh, every ten days rather than every week. So. When we released the last episode, it was pretty much on the day that Mega was launched, but we didn't cover the story because when we were recording it, it was, in fact, hours away from going live, and of course, we couldn't, we had to record it at that time. Uh, Studio time is expensive. Uh, So, but anyway, it's been released. Now, Mega is online, the file locker, so you can use mega.co.nz or mega.com, I think he's got, has he got mega.com as well? Oh no, that's uh, uh, something else. That's the um, business process analysis. In fact, I I, I use that software as well. That's <laughs> something else. That's <laughs> you for, should have known that that uh, was not Mega.com. <laughs> I should have. That's for enterprise uh, architecture. But um, yeah, Mega.co.nz is is where you go for for storing uh, you know your, the, the new file locker. Interestingly enough, there are apparently now ten million plus files stored there. Already? Already. Wow. Yeah. And I think there's, is it close on a million users now and 10 million files? So <laughs> it, it, it's, it's. Well, there were a lot of off. people that were seriously put out by the destruction of the original Mega. Mega upload, yeah. 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 Mm. So this, this new Mega will probably have all of those people who were using that old one yeah, jumping back on board. Yeah, actually, that's, you're, you're probably right there. I mean, there was, there was an audience waiting to, to use this really yeah now the security apparently has been sort of reviewed on this thing uh, a lot of people sort of been looking at it closely i think it's based on aes 128 is that right i think i think that's right i think it's aes 128 but also there's additional encryption uh, between messages that are sent i think that uses is rsa uh, 2048 i think yeah yeah in theory, they don't, because I don't think they keep the keys, which means that... In theory, it is nice and secure. Yeah, which means also that, that Kim.com and, and private. his... <laughs> that, well, that's right, and, and also means that Kim.com and his employees can't be held liable. You can't they be don't know what's for anything that's in them, because they don't know what's in them. They have no idea, and they don't have access to what's in them, that, more exactly. importantly. Mm. Yep. Uh, there's, a, there's a few plans. There's a free plan where I think you get 500 megs. I think it is. Yeah, if it's a 500 megs... 
No, no, 50, sorry, 50 gig. I'm getting this yeah. wrong. It's 50 gig, yeah. You were about to say something, weren't you? It's 50. I was about to say that 500 megs <laughs> is a little on the low side, Edwin. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, what what, what decade am I in? Yeah, exactly. 50, 50 gig is what you get for free. But if you want more storage, you can pay for a Pro 2 account, which gives you 100 gigs, or a, uh, is it a Pro 3 account, for, I think, for, or whatever it's called, for 200 gig? Uh, it's a... Pro 1 account is 500 gig. The Pro 2 is 2 terabytes and the Pro 3 is 4 terabytes. So I just completely made up those figures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I was reading. No, you're I right. I've, I've just checked. old figures. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> but please ignore what I just said and what you said, Brett, was correct. So just to recap that, uh, the free is 50 gig. A Pro 1 account gives you 500 gigs of storage. Mm-hmm. A Pro 2 account, as you said, Brett, 2 terabytes, and a Pro 3 account is 4 terabytes. Now, the prices for those three are 10 euros, 20 euros, and 30 euros monthly. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. It is. And <laughs> I, I look, you know, there, there was a bit of a rumor that Microsoft was, was blocking this because, uh, what do you call it, the, the sign-up uh, confirmation emails would not be received by any of Microsoft's systems like, you know, Outlook.com, Hotmail.com, etc. And so <gasps> there was a bit of speculation that, oh, what's Microsoft doing? Why can you not? In fact, Kim.com had to tweet saying, don't sign up to Mega using a Hotmail or a Microsoft email. Use something else like Gmail. That works fine. It turns out that Microsoft wasn't doing anything nefarious. Uh, you know, there was nothing deliberate there. It was yeah. just that there was obviously some heuristics-based uh, protection system on Microsoft systems that suddenly detected a, a sort of a massive incoming emails from a particular uh, you know system. Indeed, uh, and went oh that spam incoming. Yeah, that's right because that's not normal. Yeah. We don't normally get a flood from 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 this system, so perhaps yeah. it's spam. And of course, it wasn't. It was just a popular service. Yes, it's just an incredibly popular service. Microsoft have uh, rectified that problem. By the way, did you see uh, Kim.com's chopper was was temporarily out of action? Yeah. It wow, was, the it, things that make news these days. <laughs> I, I know, I know, it's crazy. But he was, I Kim. think... Kim.com's bathroom was backed up. Kim.com's <laughs> microwave no longer worked. Oh, Kim.com yes. bought a new sofa. <laughs> Kim.com's VHS player chews and concertinas the uh, VHS tapes, as they probably all do these days. Yeah. Uh, they're so old. <laughs> but it, look, yeah, no, the thing is, I think he was genuinely concerned because what had happened was they were flying. In fact, he was flying to, to meet up with uh, Paul Holmes. Or, or sir, sir Paul Holmes. Oh, sir. Okay, all right, uh, sir. Uh, <laughs> if you insist. I do. He's, he's earned that title. He is Sir Paul Holmes. Yes, he is indeed. So anyway, he's flying to see him. Uh, and of course, the, 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 the pilot noticed that, well, the fuel gauge has dropped to zero and there was also a warning about the rotor blades. And so they kind of made this emergency landing and it turned out that there was a, a loose uh, wire, a disconnected wire. Mm. Perhaps there could be a conspiracy theory uh, built on that alone. Maybe, or maybe it was a loose wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I'm I'm with you on that. I don't think there's anything <laughs> dodgy going on there. Uh, there'd be much easier ways to to sort of get, if you know what I mean, Kim dot com than than doing something like that. Precisely. Where and, re- and they still haven't got to the hearing yet. It's only when they get to the the extradition hearing and the extradition is denied that the the U.S. government will then assassinate him. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be people saying that. All right, now Microsoft, not Microsoft, sorry, Mozilla, quite the opposite. Mozilla Firefox OS. It's a it's a phone OS. Oh, God, another one? Exactly. Really? Really? They think, really? Oh. I know. They want to take on I- Apple, Microsoft, and Google. Really? Yeah, really. Why? Yeah, I don't, don't ask Why? me. Why? I don't it's, know. It's, 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 like a satrami- it's like a saturated market. Tell me about it. And you know what? Ex- your your reaction is... Ex- Fighting between between Apple, which is stagnating, and um, Google, which is thriving. <laughs> you know... Uh, I would try. Your sentiments are echoed exactly by uh, uh, Bruce Simpson. He, I read his blog the other day and he said exactly the same thing. Do we really need another player? Usually, And he went on to say that usually he's for competition, the more the merrier. But he said mm. in this case, he just doesn't see a need because all three are delivering very good products, very good yeah, OSs. All three are delivered. They're basically the three cover the bases. They cover all of the bases. There's yes, no base yeah. left to pick up on. Exactly. Except Mozilla's point of difference, or so they say, is that they're not going to let you create native apps. Everything is going to be HTML5 based. Yeah, everything's going to be a web app. Pretty web. much. And, but the thing is, these days with HTML5 and the richness of the web, you can create pretty much anything. Mm. Almost anything. But will, it re- but will you have to... Cache it, and or will it require you to have constant internet? You know, no, no, the, no, no, no. The app, I, I'm pretty sure the app will be local. The app will be local. This, it's exactly, it's actually, it's by the sounds from the write-ups that I've read. It's going to be very, very similar. In fact, almost identical to uh, the the Mac OS widgets. If you're familiar with those, those are those widgets. Like you know, I've got a translate thing, I've got a uh, a flight tracker, I've got a calendar, I've got a convert, and there's a whole heap of heap of widgets out there, mm-hmm. heaps of them. They're kind of like uh, the, the the Microsoft ones, really. But the Apple ones are all HTML5 based, JavaScript and HTML5. And you wouldn't know looking at them. You just think they're little native apps, but they're not. They're HTML5 based, and but they're local. You don't. That's not just because it's HTML5 doesn't mean it's it's on the. You know, you're connected to the internet. My understanding of what Mozilla's doing is exactly that: that that you you'll download an app. It just happens to be HTML5, which actually means that it will actually run on anything that understands HTML5 properly. So most of the the big browsers on desktops or even mobile devices, it will run on not just. Then Android. what's the point of oh, getting? No, sorry, not just. What's the point of buying a phone with Firefox Mobile OS if you can just download the exact same apps on your iOS device and use it there? Well, that's of course. As so long as the what caveat being, which I, I should have mentioned, the caveat being that the the browsers on those other phone OSs and other you know tablet OSs aren't restricting in any of the functionality going on. I don't know. Well, the point with the all of those, all three of those. Um, current phone OSs, the, the big three at least, all enable you to download alternate browser apps. Yeah, that, that is, are developed actually, by well, third true. parties well, that, that, true. that actually, allow third-party technology. So if, he, if Safari on iOS doesn't allow HTML5, then you just download one of the others. On the Android ones, pretty much anything. You can download Firefox yeah, on that, Android. Well, that is true. <laughs> So really, what's the point of the OS? Well, you That's know, the, my point. The, the, the what's thing- the point of their mobile OS if the apps are going to be able to run on any phone? Shouldn't they instead be, you know, 
campaigning for a maybe a standardization in app development into that that um, HDMI and web format so that they are available to all phone operating systems. I like that. That con- have browser I, capable of doing it. I really like that contraction you invented, HTMI. Uh, <laughs> I thought I said HTML5, but. Sounded like maybe, HTML5. Maybe, HTML5, maybe my, but I like it. My brain and my mouth short circuited each other. <laughs> I think it might have, but I like it. HTMI. <laughs> How about that can be the title? How's that? No. You can't get, you're not going to get, you're not <laughs> going to get a better quote on this podcast. The, the title of this episode being my speech impediment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, please. Let me do it. Let me do it. HDMI, it is. But uh, you know, the, the question I have about this whole thing is w- with the big three, with, with uh, Google, with Apple and with Microsoft, uh, Microsoft to a lesser degree, but certainly, you know, it's still valid to some extent. I- the big attraction is the fact that they offer marketplaces and there is a market where you can go to to get all your stuff, to get your content, to get your apps and all that. Well, that and, is and that's, a huge, that that's a huge draw card. Three of them have that marketplace draw, which allows app developers to develop apps and sell them. Yeah, and Mozilla's not going to do this. No, Mozilla's, Mozilla's not going to do that at all. Mm. But but, then, so how will it get popular? That's what I want to know, if, if it doesn't have that see, sort of community... Yeah, obviously they see a, a niche being there, but I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't either. I hope they're right because I mean, at the end of the day, if there is a niche, it means that something needs to address that, and that's a good thing. But I'm I'm with you. I I just can't see it. I can't see it at all. I, I can't see their their market share. And well, you get yeah. the diehards. The diehards will get this, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the Mozilla the diehards. Hard Mozilla Mozillaites who yeah. will go for it. Yeah, they'll go for it. Um, but that's, that's but a tiny, tiny... But then you get the... Yeah, you, you always get those. The, the, there's diehard homebrew makers out there who've made their own smartphones based on other embedded Linux OSs. Brett, would you believe it? There are diehard Boys of Tech fans. We can do the crappiest, crappiest show and they will still listen. Really? The stats, the stats show it. We've, wow. had some, we've had some really good shows, but there's been the odd good really one. crappy one and it still gets listened to in, in full. Wow. Good on you guys. Yeah, good on you guys. We love you for it. <laughs> uh, and even you fussy ones, if, if that's you, well, we still like you because at least you still come back for the good show. So good on you. Indeed. Indeed. And this is, this is proving to be a good show. <laughs> good Let's keep it. <laughs> when there's interesting things to talk about. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes we just have to make it up when there's really nothing interesting to talk well, about. Well, some weeks are like that. This is not one of them because it has been a week and a half. But uh, speaking of which, just moving the show along a little bit, did you hear the story about the this US employee who effectively oh, outsourced? That was so funny. He outsourced his job to Chinese developers instead of yeah, doing it himself. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Oh, he just, oh, he just did it poorly. He could have still been doing it if he hadn't been stupid about it. Yeah, he, he got uh, found out, didn't he? His failing was the fact that he created a VPN on his work machine in his office. To China, oh, silly, VPN silly. should have been on his machine at home to China, and then his machine with a VPN to his office. Then he would be sitting sweet, still there, paying what a fifth of his salary to he, he, China. Yeah, that's right. So he had a he was on a six figure salary, and as you say, he was he was employed to do some software development, and of course mm-hmm. he was as you, you know as we said he was basically outsourcing these uh, the, the work he had to, 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 to Chinese developers for a fifth of the, the, the and so he was sitting back enjoying the rest of his salary yeah but, but it opened up that VPN from his work machine onwards and he did not how could how could 
a software developer in his 40s. Not think that his the company he worked for might start pondering why there was a almost constant network connection between his workstation and China, especially a US company. US companies are going to be so paranoid about IP theft and espionage from China. Of course, they're going to wonder why there is a constant connection. That was his big failing. He could have been sitting pretty. But it was dishonest, wasn't it? Uh, Oh, yeah, totally. Totally dishonest. In the most inventive and I give him a clap... Um, why? Yeah, for his, for exactly for his inventiveness, his great, his yeah. It's it's one of those gray areas of of dishonesty because the employer was still getting. Uh, but hang on, hang on. Yeah, he was paid to do. Yeah, agree. But as as you know, but he could he could have he could have annoying. compromised the security of his organization. He was employed. He the code. You know, there could have been some A, some backdoors in there. B, there could have been some information leaked out that he had to provide in order to get the to outsource the job. Instead of giving them direct access, gone the circuitous route, as I have suggested, he could have been casting his, his you know, he's been a software developer for quite some time, so you would expect him to be actually good at what he was employed to do. Um, he could have run his eye over what was going yeah, but, out. He's still got to give, he's still got to give them some stuff. So if it's, if it's a system that's going to interact with another system or something, he's going to have to give the, the parameters on how it's to interface and stuff like that. You don't oh, want to yeah, be giving those details out. It would be considered passing intellectual property. Well, I think it's more about compromising security because he has to give out information. I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, our systems don't, exist in the isolated bubble they usually interface with other systems and to give information out about those other systems which you'll have to do to get the work developed is, is giving away information that specific wait because once again this is all speculation we don't know what he was a software developer no we don't know the details agree uh, but- we know he did not work in defense and uh, he worked in a, a company that obviously didn't was it you know because he did this for quite some time and it took them quite some time to realize that there was something dodgy going on. So they obviously weren't a, a big security risk um, company. But it's entirely possible that what he's developing only needs the most genericest of details for connectivity or for integration. And so he could have given completely uh, arbitrary information on and still gotten a piece of software back that was usable in the situations that he was developing them for without providing actually you know, compromising information across. There is, of course, a difference between an employee and a contractor, and that is, I think, where the where the line is. Of course, if this if he was a contractor, you, employee, and it, so he had responsibility to actually be doing the work that he was doing himself. That's why they. That's why you you interview employees, contractors, exactly. contractors. Because, you go yeah. to a, a a company that provides you with a resource. They turn up. You don't often get to interview them, and you just get the job done. As an employee, as you, as you say, the implication is that we know we're investing in you because we trust yeah, you, we know how you work. And you are the one we are paying for you to do this and That's to right. do this. Work. Non-transferable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but yes, I, I know it, you're right. He's, it's a very creative thing. You know, the funny thing is it has crossed my mind as well. I, I once thought that just, you know, as, as a joke, I was thinking, you know, I could actually outsource some of the stuff I do to China or to India. I could or sit to, back and- to Russia. <laughs> Or, or, they or to all Russia, Russia's the other place. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they've yeah. got really good contract rates. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you're an actual mm. employee with a, a big company, then it's entirely possible for you to, um, at a fraction of your own salary, pay for somebody else to do your work. 
and that is another reason why a lot of companies don't like telecommuting. Oh, because I don't trust. Because when, when company, you know, it, it's actually quite hard to negotiate telecommuting sort of stuff, deals. And that's because companies like you to be on site doing their stuff for a specific amount of time. It's not really about this worrying about people, you know, outsourcing their jobs to China, but it's more about uh, uh, we're uh, paying this person to work for this amount of time each day. If they're telecommuting, are they actually working that amount of time mm. each day? Because or are they putting in a solid three hours and then having a five-hour lunch break? Yeah, because if you were, because that's right, if you're an employee and the job ended up taking three hours, you would be assigned more to do. You'd say, okay, well, here's your next thing. Thanks for doing that so quickly. That's really good. You didn't take eight hours. You took three hours. Here's some more stuff. Exactly. Uh, as an employee, of course. So, yep. hmm. Whereas as a telecommuter, you could say it took me eight hours when in actual fact it took you three hours and a five-hour lunch break. Uh, yeah. Mm. Lunch break. Lunch break. Jeez. Now you've got me shortening every word I say. <laughs> lunch. What did, you, what did you actually say? Lunch. I said yunch break. Yunch break. <laughs> oh, goodness me. This is going to be uh, full of contractions this, uh, this episode. Now, Julian Assange. A couple of Swiss artists have sent Julian Assange a parcel and it had inside the parcel was GPS tracking a, d- a device with a live webcam and it was reporting its progress and uh, they did it just for fun. They tracked the parcel. <laughs> they posted the parcel. They tracked it. It went through the South London Mail Centre. Mm-hmm. The South London Mail Centre. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, anyway, it ended up at the, uh, uh, what's it called? Which embassy was it? Ecuadorian Embassy in London. Yep. Interesting experiment. Hmm. They reported photos back. It gave photos back of, uh, it captured some of the uh, mail sorting stuff, actually. Ooh. Mm. That's an invasion of privacy on a private premises. Yeah, I don't quite know what they were, what was done because with, that's with not the public photos. Space. No, that's right. I don't know what was done with the photos. Royal Mail has told the BBC it had no comment on the project. And it had oh, no dear. comment on whether it would encourage similar tracking or broadcasting of parcels. Uh, they're not Probably saying anything. Because don't most of those things say don't send don't send that, you know, batteries or live equipment through the mail. I, I, I can't remember. Probably. I don't know. But, yeah, they did. And there I'm you have sure it. I'm sure there's a list of things that you're not supposed to send through the post. Yeah, actually, I do remember <laughs> looking up a, a list of such things. And it was actually quite comprehensive. There's a few things that I've sent that I'm not supposed to have sent. Mm. Or received. I'm pretty or sure around. sending active electronic equipment is probably one of those things. <laughs> it may well be. But anyway, it was done. Especially so. GPS stuff. Imagine if this was sent on AirPost. You meant to turn all that sort of stuff off. As a passenger on a plane. Yes, no transmitting devices. How do they, they know? Have, yeah. They will have broken so many laws. Sending yeah, that, that Actually, I hadn't thought of that, Brett. That is a very good so point. So many international laws. Yeah, that is a very, very good point. Mm. I wonder if they actually scan those for transmitting devices, uh, you know, as as they get near the, the sort of the air freight sy- uh, system. I wonder if they have de- you know, detection. completely by land. Well, I think this one did. It was. I think it's believed this one it did go completely by land. But I'm just thinking, in, in a different situation, if yeah, it was yeah. going to go via oh, air, do they actually scan... There was any broadcasting devices... 
Well, they could scan for well, them. You think you see. they'd be extra stringent for stuff that went on an airplane anyway, because uh, you know explosive devices, etc. Well, yeah, they exactly. Would be more likely to have an explosive device with a radio transmitter, etc., on one going on an airplane because that to be targets. But <laughs> you would think that when they scanned them, they would scan them a little more thoroughly. Speaking of explosive devices, I was at uh, the unit, local university earlier today, and I was walking through the. Uh, one of the, the, the main buildings there where, where the vice-chancellor <gasps> works. did? I did. And I walked through and I saw, I was there with a colleague, and I saw an unattended piece of luggage on the uh, on the same floor, not far from where the, the vice-chancellor's office is. And I, <gasps> I, I said to my colleague, this could be a bomb. This this might be a bomb. We should, should, we, should we do something? Should we say something? Why is this? There was this dodgy-looking sort of bag, you know? Well, not, there was a... Uh, you know, one of those sort of uh, pull pull along ones that you take on, on on flights. You know, those sorts of ones. What are you, tro- yeah, yeah, trolley type bags? Yeah, one of those for my travel. Oh yes, you're going on an interesting piece of travel actually, but uh, which we can talk about. But anyway, I thought, what do we do? And we sort of looked around, and then there was this man down the corridor that was sort of making his way towards there. And so, as he got closer, we said, "Is that yours?" And he says, "Yes, yes." Were you going to blow it up? And I said, "Well, we were considering that it could have been a bomb." And just as I said that, the vice chancellor sort of met up with that guy, and they went into this room. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that was kind of interesting. So, more likely to be one of the international visitors that comes and discusses things. It was probably a, uh, yeah, some high-powered delegate that was meeting the vice chancellor, but and he, he was I considering blowing up yeah. his his luggage. <laughs> <laughs> right, not not far from the with the vice, you know, from the vice chancellor himself. So, but you know, I was just thinking, you know, uh, security, you know, unattended luggage is now always looked at suspiciously. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess they would um, prioritize places where that sort of stuff would happen. And yeah, University on the Hill is probably not significantly likely to have a threat of that kind? No. No, you're right. Well, depending on the motive. Uh, if it's political, no. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, Most of move- explosions happen on the army testing for rangers. Is that right? I think you're probably right. <laughs> or at least all of the news articles. This is based purely on my own memory of news articles about things going bang because I do have a tendency to read news articles about things exploding. And all the ones I can remember are, are all about ordinance that was on or, or you know, ordinance that has exploded on or has been removed from uh, an army testing. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I just wonder what happens when uh, those sites get reused for other purposes. Brett, the PS4 is rumoured to be 50% more powerful than what the Xbox 720 will be. Ooh. Mm. Does that make you more... I'd be able to do with my PS4. Yeah, because you're a PlayStation. You're in the PlayStation camp, aren't you? You're not an Xbox person. I don't have an Xbox. Why not? Is it not Uh, as good as the PlayStation? Do you not like Microsoft? Is Sony better? Microsoft, perfectly. Um, I've just never... PlayStation's always had all the games that I've wanted to play, either exclusively or before Xbox has. Mm. The PlayStation 3, I think, was a much better console. Than the the Xbox 360? And it's shaping up that the PlayStation 4 is going to be a better console than Mm, Xbox. Looks like it. That's one thing that Sony has always done. They have put a ton of money into the hardware itself. The hardware has always been so 
cutting edge or leading edge at the very least and has always been worth more than what they sell it for. They've always made a loss on their hardware, but they go for making that up with producing brilliant games. <clears throat> Excuse me. But they've made that up with producing brilliant games that work with the hardware that they've put out. Interestingly, though, Brett, the PS4 is rumoured to uh, only come with four gigs of RAM, whereas the Xbox 720 will have eight. Ah. Mm, so that is one area where... But I guess you can... Can you add RAM to, to consoles these days? I don't know. What about your PS3, even? No, you can't add RAM to it. Okay. You can expand the hard drive, unless okay. you've got the new generation right. ones. So it'll be interesting to see... There whether so many generations of PS3, which, which they've tinkered with. I don't know what's in the, the current generation of PS3. Uh, I'm quite happy with mine. Mine, I can at least crack it open and stick in a new hard drive. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether the... the Once like, I think have tiny hard drives. Because it'll be interesting to see when the PS4 and the Xbox 720 come out, whether they, they let you RAM upgrade them or not, if it's user accessible. And whether or not they'll be backwards compatible. Oh, well, the, yeah. So, the horrible thing about the PS3, the PS3, the first generation of PS3 is completely backwards compatible. The second generation of PS3 is partially backwards compatible. The later generations of PS3 is not backwards compatible. Oh, now that's interesting. Mm, mm. Didn't know that. Yeah, they sequentially dropped compatibility. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they do the same thing. I should say. It was hardware compatibility and then... Em- emulation, yeah, yeah. Okay, Brett, Nokia apparently is going to allow people to print 3D cases for their mobile phones. They're going to, you know, send out files that they can, and, and uh, specifications that people can use to print their own custom cases. Cool. They're embracing the technology. Well, 3D printers are out there now. Expensive, Wait. but they'll be coming down in price as they... Mm, multicolor even. Mm. You can get multicolor uh, 3D printers now. That would be nice. Mm. So I thought that was interesting that they're actually actively, you know, be, you can you'll be able to download a a case if you like. That sounds yeah. weird, but yeah. Or the, well, you know, imagine people who are really big fans of a local sports team that is nowhere near big enough to actually have, you know, produced cases. They can print it out with the the, the logos or whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do their own. Yeah, exactly. Although, as you said, at the moment, that is still expensive. Is people in, is companies instead going after people for printing cases that contain their IP? Oh yeah, well that'll be interesting. <laughs> mm. But yeah. how different is that to putting so a, a sticker on? You claiming their their um percentage once you've printed a a Nokia case that has a picture of Boba Fett on the back of it. How different is that to putting a sticker on though? Anyway, I mean that they know. Because it will be a fully 3D printed, so it will look as if it's part. It won't look as if it's just a sticker that's stuck on. That is true. Because, you know, Disney would have already gotten their percentage for the sticker of Mickey Mouse. Ah, that is very good. Very good. You, you found the flaw in my, my logic. Uh, last story then, Brett. Oh, that mm-hmm. was it. That was the last story. Awesome. Yeah, we're done. That is episode 199, the last in the 100 series of The Boys of Tech. Next week. Brett, when you get back from your fantastic trip uh, to where? Uh, to the South Pacific. To the South Pacific. Wow. Going to, to New Caledonia. 
Gonna be lounging on beaches. Oh, drinking. okay. I'm jealous already. Say no more. I don't want to talk about it now because I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good on you. Enjoy it. Well, when we come back, we will be doing episode 200, a milestone for the boys of tech. And don't forget, Brett, we are still New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. No other tech podcasts produced in or by New, Ze- in New Zealand or by New Zealanders run have been running longer than this one. Yep. And as long as we keep doing it, we will continue to hold that record. That's right. Exactly. Because no one can have gone back in time and started before us. Uh, Some would argue with that, but (laughs) (laughs) no, that's right. Exactly. We'll continue to hold that title. So as as long as we keep the show going. It'll be the day after we do a podcast where we talk about a breakthrough in time travel that suddenly we will no longer be the longest running. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Very good. Very good. I do follow that, actually, despite being midweek and my brain not not working so well. But yes, I did follow that very well. So, Brett, anyway, thank you very much for co-hosting the last of the 100 series of The Boys of Tech. Always a pleasure, Ed. And we'll do it again. And now, this is the thing for listeners now, because we're a little off schedule at the the moment. You know, we're not releasing them uh, Monday mornings at the moment. But the next... Super busy. <laughs> we have, we have indeed. And we do this sort of for the love, not for the money. So uh, the next one will be released on Monday, the 11th of February. Mm, so that'll be our next one. Mm-hmm. So don't expect another episode before then. Just repeating that. Next one is Monday, the 11th of February is our next episode. Uh, and in fact, until then, take care because we're signing off. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.